0: Let's do that again. That was an
1: ass clap. Decent clap.
0: One of those will work. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Nick Sebs. What's going on? Dude, I... I, I, I'm trying to think of the last time that I saw you. Like, I, I know that it was before I left Bartaco. Taco, because um, you stayed there for a little while after I was gone.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a little bit before the world started burning. So those were those were simpler times, for sure. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, no, it was a whole different world that we left behind, I think. Um, Where to start? So you... I, I, kn- I know you as a co-worker, but I also know you as a drummer. Um,
1: you, you're you from North Carolina? From North Carolina, yep. I uh, went to school at Chapel Hill, uh, Go Heels. Moved here in 2017, so I've been in town for, for a minute.
0: You came down here to play drums?
1: I came here to idea? play drums, yeah. I pretty much didn't know anyone, um, and... Honestly the best part of it has been just like the community of musicians. Uh everyone is super super willing to help people out and uh we I mean we definitely don't play music for the money. Um but the camaraderie is definitely why it's all worth it. Okay. So.
0: so you we were before we started rolling you were telling me about uh your
1: parents are both educators. How did you come to the drums? Um I grew up as uh, a church kid a youth group kid and uh, I guess like from when I was like before I could even remember I was like obsessed with the drummer at church and he was like probably some like 40 year old guy who had a normal job and just like played drums on Sundays the church was like 50 people like they probably just like hey man we need a drummer but I love this dude, and uh, I would just watch him and watch him. And finally, I got behind a drum kit one day uh, when I was like two or three, and it was just history from there. Like I just have always been obsessed with him. I've never remembered a time when I didn't love playing the drums. So word up, you you
0: did you always want to play Christian music, or you just wanted to play?
1: I just wanted to play. Um, but for the first probably. 13, 14 years of my life. That is the only music that I knew. It's the only thing I was allowed to listen to, really. Um, And then I discovered the radio when I was in, like, middle school. And T-Pain and Lil Wayne (laughs) were hot. um, And I just was obsessed with all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I definitely had to play catch-up with, like, cool music. So there's, like, some definitely, like, some some gray areas in there. I think, um,
0: I kind of thought I was the only one because I didn't like start like choosing what I wanted to listen to till I was probably about 12 or 13. Right. Maybe that's most people. I don't know. Um, I always tell people my parents are a little older. So like they had checked out of like popular music long before I was even born, I think. Um, so like having lived through most of the nineties, I missed out on most of the music. I think I heard a little bit like Britney Spears and Sync, backstreet boys, LFO, Mm -hmm all that kind of stuff because i listen to radio disney on the way to to, to kindergarten yeah
1: honestly you, you probably missed the new metal phase with like lincoln park and limp biscuit and like so it's not all bad um that was definitely like a dark patch in popular music would agree
0: now when it comes to and you're you're not like super into like rock and roll like i you know i,
1: I you you like a lot of pop i like a lot of pop i do like a lot of rock and roll though you? you'd be surprised
0: I, I, am, as you're telling me this, I am surprised. Yeah. But, um, like, I don't listen. Like, when it comes to like quote unquote guitar music, I don't listen to a whole lot of it from the '90s or the early 2000s. Very uh, fair. You know, yeah, I agree that it was definitely kind of a dark era. Um, so obviously, uh, COVID has really done a number on music and live events. No doubt. Um, did you have anything lined up before all this stuff happened?
1: Um, I did i had uh had a couple couple of tours planned out for the spring and summer um some that I was like really looking forward to you know um mm-hmm. and obviously it's for the best that all of that stuff is cancelled but uh it's definitely disappointing from an income standpoint and and I know a lot of people have like really similar stories to that where if you're freelancing and you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants every month and then you have you know the next three months planned out and you're like okay cool you know you can budget that a little bit easier you're excited to not have to be like constantly worrying about you're fine am I gonna make rent this month all that stuff um and so you know when everything started getting canceled I think for a lot of people for me uh the NBA getting canceled was like the sign that oh you know shit this is really gonna like affect everyone um because there's like billions of dollars flowing through that organization and they shut it down and um so like pretty much from that point on I started saying okay uh this may not be an option for the next for the foreseeable future so let's figure something out um and it's fine uh now we all get to play music because we really like it, not because we're like trying to get paid or pack out a room.
0: Yeah. Um, do you remember because I, I was looking at the calendar and it was crazy. It was like after the tornado hit. It, it, in my memory, the tornado was in February, but it it was March 3rd.
1: It's like, it was just one thing after another, you know? They, they, some, like, I
0: think some shit had closed down before the 23rd of March, but that was the day that, like, the governor was, like, all, all essential businesses have to close. Yeah. not Non-essential businesses have to close, so it was only 20 days. Do you remember when you heard about your tour, your tours getting canceled for the first time? Like, do you remember
1: when that decision finally came down? I remember it, it wasn't, it wasn't a... There was one in like May Mm -hmm. that when the businesses started closing, it it didn't. We weren't like, oh, for sure, like May is out of the question. And now looking back, it's like, yeah, duh, it was out of the question. But we were like, well, you know, we'll just we'll see how this goes. Like it'll probably just go away by May, and we can go back out in May. And then there was one like right at the beginning of like April, which was just that was never going to be an option. And then slowly, as we kind of moved into April, it was like, okay, this one in May is just not going to happen either. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was upsetting, but uh, life goes on. You yeah. know, it's like this is the first time this has ever happened to any of us, for sure. Right. And it hasn't happened in 100 years. Um, so you could just got to roll with the punches, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah, I don't know what, what, what choice we really have. How are you feeling about the future of it all? You mentioned that um, we we get to do it because we love it, not for the money now. Yeah. Um, Certainly, you've got to be a little concerned about the spaces to do
1: so. For sure. Obviously, the first priority for everyone should be, let's keep everyone safe. Let's, uh, you know, the the catchphrase, flatten the curve. Let's um, just be judicious with how we open things up. And if we're being honest, uh, live music is like the first thing to go. And it's probably the last thing to come back as far as things that keep our world turning. um, And I'm approaching this from a practical perspective. Obviously, um, artists, art, music, all of that stuff is what makes life worth living for a lot of people and it provides hope to a lot of people, but, uh, stacked up against things like grocery stores or doctor's offices, it's not quite as, you know, essential. Um, so really, I think we'll know in advance, like when it's a good time to like really open things back up, uh, as far as the music industry goes, but with, you know, every corporate office working from home, um, with, you know, restaurants not being at full capacity, it's a, it's going to be a ways away, especially with how things are spiking. Um, yeah, and I don't know better than a doctor, uh, so I just kind of do what they say. You know, I don't really have an opinion on it outside of what like a professional.
0: Are says. you surprised at the number of people that that seem or like or like to think that they know better than doctors and scientists in this in the, in this whole thing?
1: Uh, I think I think neither of us are surprised by that. Um, but it is, uh, it's a bit upsetting for sure. Um, it's a bit crazy how it's become this political issue, like wearing masks and, Oh, does does this party want to keep the government closed to like make this person look bad? Mm -hmm. Um, we all know what we're talking about here. I'm speaking in coded language. But, oh, uh, dude, you don't have to speak in any kind of code, do you? Well, okay, uh, then like- these Republicans <laughs> need to just wear a mask and we can all get back to our normal life a lot faster. But uh, you see, you know, the that sheriff in Arizona is who's like, you know i will not enforce the mask policy and then he contracted covid and then florida is like trying to be on the forefront of opening everything up and now they're setting records for their daily cases and it's like yeah it's not it didn't go away because we got bored you know have you
0: given much thought into why the the the, the mask has been has become like the next flashpoint in the culture war
1: yeah it's that's, that's a good way to put it uh, i really don't know i'd love to hear your interpretation <laughs> uh, on it because oh. a lot of these people are not really good looking and if you have an opportunity <laughs> to like cover your face up and let your personality shine through a little bit um honestly uh people don't recognize you as much out in public if you're just going to do some errands like there are so many benefits to it um and there's no shortage of comfortable masks out there. I have a very comfortable mask. I love to wear it. It has the Miami Dolphins logo on it. And uh, Are you a Dolphins fan? I'm a Dolphins fan, which, in retrospect, um, it has given a lot of people license to approach me and speak to me about the Dolphins, which I do not want to do when I'm <laughs> at the grocery store or the gas station. But um other than that, masks have been an overwhelmingly positive experience for me.
0: To you, so... As far as my thoughts on it, I don't know when this started. I think that we're at this point where... Um, and it's not even on just what we would call like the right, quote-unquote, whatever that means at this point. Yeah, uh, of there, course. There's a general mistrust of institutions.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I... I, I, I struggle with this because I do think that some of it is warranted because our institutions have overwhelmingly failed us as far as people's well-being. I think the 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 crazy shit comes in on is like well, which institutions depending on who is who you as a person are you's like, okay well this institution is not one that I fuck with with people who um, who 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 tend to have more conservative lines of thought, uh, that group of people tends to be people who are educated like like highly educated but not and 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 they're not it's not necessarily that um they dislike educated people it's it's the perception that there's like this higher class of like you know moneyed academics who are making all the rules and are making me feel bad about like you know where in the country i live and what i like to eat what i like to listen to and And there's some
1: truth to that they're not, they're not super off base with that, I don't think.
0: Right. And, and I, I, I agree. The, I think the issue is, I think, like, you know, typically, like, if you're somebody who's more left-leaning, we, 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 we tend to view academia as, like, the end-all, be-all and never stop to think. Is like, well, maybe some of our cultural attitudes towards people who, like, live in the, the more central parts of the country where they are not cities and that sort of thing, um, or they're, 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 they're kind of aggressive you know? Yeah.
1: Um, go ahead. No, I, I fully agree with that where, um, if, well, we really want to get into it. If you want to talk about things like the war on drugs and the prison industrial complex and the Iraq war and all of these awful things, awful ways that our institutions have failed us, um, Democrats are on board with that as well. You know, like these things, were enabled by them just as much. Um maybe not just as much, but in some yeah, in some cases. Um if you want to dig into oh, you know, no, yeah stuff the, going see, this on in the eighties. This like. is
0: this is the Nick Sebs that I remember. <laughs> um no nah, man, um I I think that that cer- certainly people who are in our age group, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older um, I think we're we're finally getting to the point where it, it, I think we're coming to the realization that we don't really have two political parties. We have the illusion of two political parties. We have we have we have a group of elected officials with a different set of of, of cultural interests and cultural beats that they hit with no real intention or no real framework to reform the economy in ways that people work. And if, so effectively, like we have a group of people that are dedicated to money to elites. <laughs> who argue
1: about stuff like you should wear a mask and shouldn't wear of a mask. Of course. Yeah. Um, and I, I fully agree where it, things are have boiled down to a culture war because the two main political parties, the only two viable political parties, um, if you can vote third party out of protest, but everyone knows every four years it's gonna be either Democrat or Republican. Yeah. And that's the way it is. Um they are pretty congruent as far as economics go, as far as a market based sort of uh, open capitalist system, and both parties are on board with that's a good thing. Um, and then you talk about culture where you fall on, you know, LGBT rights, where you fall on, you know, racial politics, where you fall. Then there is a little, there's a stark contrast between those two parties in a lot of ways, but a lot of it is just culture like battles and they I feel like they're fine with letting us duke it out uh as far as like are you a Democrat are you Republican are you right leaning left-leaning because at the end of the day like they're gonna get their way with the economy mm-hmm. um and I think that that distracts a lot of people from you know, what's going on with, like, more class-based interests.
0: Yeah, but, like, there's it's, it's almost like there's no vocabulary for us to talk about class in the United States. Yeah. Um, we're, we're really, really good at talking about race, and we, we should talk about race. I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk of about course. it. Of um, course. Sweet. I always get peering away that, like, I forgot to turn <laughs> some shit on or whatever. Um, we've gotten really, really good at the identity stuff. And we should talk about it, but like like when we as we're having this dialogue, and i I've been trying over and over and over and over and over again to like express my thoughts, the way that they exist in my head about this thing, the the, the discussion that we're having um, in the midst of George, George floyd's murder, um, we can't be serious about fixing racial inequality racial injustice without a serious economic discussion in addition to defunding the police you see what i'm saying of course um and like i think for a lot of people they're 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 more comfortable with like the civil rights element of it than like the, the the more the the parts of it that deal with like redistribution for example of
1: course um
0: and it's like at least at least with like old media like CNN and all that kind of shit. There's no framework to have that kind of conversation. No,
1: of course not. Well, I mean they're making a lot of money. Yeah, CNN is making a lot of money. Fox is making a lot of money. You know, right? And so, yeah, you start talking about ooh, redistribution and the elites and the <laughs> and the bourgeois and oh what is that Karl Marx? We don't like him, but um, yeah, uh, they're. The academic definition of racism, you know, that I learned in college was power plus privilege. And I'd never encountered that before. I thought it was like, oh, if you just hate people that don't look like you, that's racism. Mm -hmm. But really, the way that it has been so effective in oppressing and disenfranchising people of color um, in our history, in American history, has been because of... That you know that prejudice combined with institutional power, you know. Yeah. And if you want to talk about civil rights, like there has to be an upending of our institutions. Um, there has to be an upending of the way that money is spent in government, that money is distributed, um, because the system is working the way that it was designed to. You know, and Strong that's agree. that's kind of what I think a lot of people are waking up to that. And you can't have racial equality without focusing on class, you know. You can't have racial equality without focusing on gender issues mm-hmm. and without focusing on LGBT issues. And that's the the dreaded term by conservatives, intersectionality, which I don't think any of them know what it means. But there are, there's just, everyone has multiple, identities that affect the way that they move through the world, you know, yeah. um, your, your experience as a black man is different than mine as a white man, mm-hmm. but your experience is different than a black woman, Yeah, you know? And I think that if you want to focus on one thing, you're going to leave people behind. And that's why, uh, looking at class is such an important thing because, it ensures that no one gets left behind. Have you ever? Know?
0: Do you remember the first time that you thought about like your 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 place in the class hierarchy? Oh yeah, when absolutely.
1: Was that? Um, so uh, at UNC, it's uh, I had a liberal arts degree, hmm. and you take like a couple years of Gen Eds, just random classes that fulfill requirements, and a lot of people just like complain about them. Like, why can't I get into my major courses? And my major wasn't even like a real major, is communication. So none of my classes helped me achieve anything. But they were really um, helpful. And there was one class freshman year that it took care of three gen eds. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is. One class took the, it, it, it satisfied three class courses? like
0: Three, course yeah.
1: It was like they had these little like, like you could get a, you had to fulfill like your communication gen eds or your, history gen eds or whatever. And this one class had like three and one. Okay. And so it only count it counted as one class, but it knocked out like three of those little things gotcha. that you needed to knock out. Um, and so I was like, wow, this is amazing. Should have been a red flag because those classes, <laughs> it as it turns out, are like way harder because like I don't know, they're trying to incentivize people to take them. Yeah. And it was on labor unions. Ooh. And me being coming from like a more conservative background, going to a the, the same Christian school that my parents worked at. I didn't know what a labor union was. And if I had, I had heard them talked about in a negative light, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, but I was like, I'm going to knock out these gen eds. And I was ended up being so enamored by reading about all of this stuff, you know? And it's like, Oh my gosh, like your employer doesn't care about you. Um, uh, everything that you enjoy as a worker, um, the the weekend, the 40-hour work week, any sort of benefits you get, those were all fought for by organized labor. And my teacher, her name was Professor Hoyman. I'll never forget her. She doesn't know who I am. But uh, <laughs> she was just so gracious with all of these students who had no idea what we were talking about coming into the class who'd come from different backgrounds. and uh, And that really just got me going. And then I took another class with a professor William Sturkey who went through the history of racial politics from 1865 and on and I think that in my childhood I was just like racism ended at the end of the civil war because everyone was free and I didn't that, know.
0: Was that really your class upbringing? Like you're not even your, your I guess also your racial upbringing. That's that's really what you thought.
1: It's or the not way that really it what it was I, presented to yeah, you. Yeah, it's not it is kind of how it was presented to me where I was like I understood that racism existed, but I didn't understand the institutional kind of um, fallout that that had. You know, I didn't really learn about Jim Crow and, and I knew that segregation was a thing, but I didn't understand the implications of it. Um, And I'm really ashamed of that in a way, but I'm really thankful that I had people and professors who were patient and who, portrayed the information in a way that was very easy to digest and um it was really energizing to like I feel like all of my friends I was just bothering all the time like guys have you heard about this stuff you know this stuff is crazy you know and I think a lot of people in the south have that experience where they're like they don't realize just how embedded in our history it is, you Mm -hmm. know? And so moving forward, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really inspired by how many people are starting to wake up to this. And I just, I am really cynical and I'm really hopeful about this in particular, that we can be the generation that yeah you know can actually make a tangible difference what do you think about all that
0: man i go back and forth depending on the day um the framework for progress is there let me start by saying that the framework is there
1: mm-hmm.
0: when i think about like the movements of the past like like, like if we, we you want to just like oversimplify it to two really big chunks there was like the fight to abolish slavery there was the fight to for for voting rights to abolish segregation, um, and for just general civil rights under the law, you know, after black folks were free, And th- 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 this is a 150 plus year battle after of uh, slavery ends. So there were there were always these really big tangible goals. Because of the institutional nature of racism as we experience it now, the roles like it it it's it's no it's no longer it's not as visible but it's it's no less important um and i i think sometimes it's hard to know where exactly to attack the problem i think that this dialogue on policing is really really important when i think about it the the the, the part that maybe bothers me about it a little bit is i don't know if there has been a mass awakening to Policing is an institution and not 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 only the racial element right. of it, but the I I I want us to get to a cultural point where it is obviously not everybody is going to agree with this. But like people who are involved in the movement don't look at the police as an institution that needs to be fixed. Um, Like we 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 conscript working class, mainly white dudes. To 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 like to to form a barrier between middle class and upper middle class people of course from the poor and working class like and we arm them to the teeth yeah yeah now it, 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 uh, you've heard people say that thing that like you know you, you you if you start making somebody look like an army then eventually they'll start to behave like one but <laughs> i think that that, that, that i mean the, the tanks and shit and maybe that's kind of new but i think to a degree they've always kind of been there to uh to punish and to terrorize if we need if they need to you know if oh yeah even, even in the labor movement like in, in like like back in the day like so many people got their ass beat or shot and killed oh yeah by by the police for wanting shit like a 40-hour work week of course yeah like all, all the, the like the local business owners and like the the captains of industry and all that shit used to use the police to, qua- to quash labor labor rebellions yeah and
1: yeah. and it's I remember learning in my history class about Bull Connor mm-hmm. like just, you know, going ham during yeah. the civil rights movement and just being really brutal and violent and I was like, "Man, thank God that's over with." And this, I mean, now, you know, now he had a tank. He yeah, had a tank. He had a whole ass tank in the streets. <laughs> um and and you know, yeah, in my just being a naive college student, I'd just be like, "Yeah, thank God that's over with." And mm-hmm. now like I think the benefit of the social media age is that we have access to so many voices that we would not have access to. And it gives us an outlet to listen to people where they're like, no, this is my experience. And so if you grow up in the suburbs and you live in a quiet community, your view of police is like, well, I've never been bothered by them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you may get pulled over for speeding, but, like, they're not harassing you, they're not... And yeah. largely, they live in the communities that they serve. And and so when you hear all this stuff of negative talk about police, I think people are like, well, I, I've, I have never had that experience. And I think that's the benefit of the age we live in because now you have no excuse to speak like that because you have access to so many voices mm-hmm. who are telling you their truth about what has been going on for years and years and years. And I think people are starting to wake up a little bit that... It's not. It's not a good system that just has a few bad actors. It's the system. It's a bad system. It's designed (laughs) to do this. Yeah, and it's it it it's working possibly better than it ever has. Social media,
0: and don't get me. I look. I'm. I I I love it. I, I I think that it's incredibly important. Um, I think that for people who are receptive to these ideas, it's exposing it to them. Yeah, but. So, so it for the 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 great irony of it is, it's like you have all this information at your fingertips, and it hardens us to the perspectives that we already have. Most people, not mm-hmm. everybody, you know, everybody's open to other shit, but um, I mean, you know, some people are open to other 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 ways of looking at the world. But like, you know, the the media that you and I follow is not the same media that somebody, you of know, course, you know, in in Arkansas is is super
1: into. And <laughs> what's wrong with Arkansas?
0: I just picked it because it was like an <laughs> in interior. I'm not. I'm not
1: saying anything's wrong with it. But. I'm just kidding. Hey, if you're listening to this and you're from Arkansas,
0: <laughs> you live in a bum ass state. Man, I, I've never even been to Arkansas. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like. I don't know what has to happen in order for like for for the perspectives to be able to be shared by people because like so much of social media is just this echo chamber, like, right? I I don't see a whole lot of like pro-Trump shit from like people that are like on my socials anymore of course yeah you know and i, I wonder if the, i wonder if i like purged them all
1: back in 2016 i, I don't think that's what i did but uh, it 2016 I did. was a great day of reckoning Dude. for who am i going to unfriend and unfollow yeah, yeah. That, it, it, hell I, it was kind
0: it was kind of like like I, I still remember when people thought that Mitt romney was the most racist person on earth it's um, like
1: yeah he's in the upper 50 percentile
0: but he's, <laughs> no, it mitt, can get worse it, no, it, 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 and it did get a whole lot yeah. worse i remember we thought that john mccain and mitt romney were the fucking devil and then donald trump was like all right hold my fucking just hold my beer
1: yeah i think that back when in john mccain's day i was like oh man this this guy's great yeah. um at that point in my life um wait you <laughs> wait really i mean i was like 14 growing up in the south as a white dude uh so I was probably and a Christian. So oh. that that cross section of people is like, hey, you probably love John McCain. I didn't know anything. I couldn't vote, so I didn't do any damage. But uh, <laughs> the by only, the time Mitt came around, I was like, eh, I don't really like this guy. The only
0: reason I'm surprised is is because I I wrote this narrative that is obviously untrue. That like your parents' politics are similar to your own in some way. I
1: wouldn't say that my parents' politics are super similar to mine. I don't think that they're they're not like crazy pro-Trump people but Mm -hmm. they're just kind of I want to say like indifferent centrists who are like the machinations of the political system aren't like really affecting their day-to-day lives or communities Um, and so there's a lot of apathy I think about all of this that's set in which is I don't know I don't a talk lot of people, about it too much with them. A,
0: a lot of people have that luxury, and I'm not and I'm not castigating or, or, or putting blame on anybody because a lot of people do have that luxury. And yeah. honestly, like the shit is so wild that you will burn out your retinas if you're following it all the time. Absolutely, you stress yourself the fuck out. But like, I think that this moment is so important because. If we don't get serious about address, addressing the inequities, race included, but also econ- economic like inequality yeah. and that sort of thing, the world that we're living in, that, that we will be living in 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road, is like Blade Runner or fucking 1980. And I I know that people like say that all the time. Oh, it's just like 1984, 1984,
1: 1984. Okay. You yeah, it's like, we
0: get it. You read it. Yeah. Like, but I I say that because like, we're, we're, we're we're hurtling faster and faster and faster and faster to a world where there is a billionaire overclass or a trillionaire overclass in 20 or 30 years and a bunch of serfs Yeah, and then there's like a a a a, a, they're 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 people that make just enough money to like enjoy all of like the hollow comforts of capitalism, right? But there's still somebody who has to like supply all of that
1: shit. So you've got these people up here, um, and 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 that's like you need um, you need like those tiers of the, Hmm. the. You know the the proletariat, the working class, to keep capitalism sustainable. Because if you are, you know, really like blue collar working class, you're living really paycheck to paycheck, scraping by. Um, the guy who's a CPA who's making, you know, eighty, ninety thousand a year living comfortably in the suburbs. That is something to aspire to. You've made that. Uh, it creates competition because there's limited resources. There's there's people going at each other's throats instead of having class consciousness solidarity banding together um to go for the capitalists to go for the owners of all of this um and so i think that one of the problems is just a lack of class consciousness mm-hmm. where you can be living comfortably and you're still not getting paid what you're worth you're not receiving the the fruits of your labor you know yeah um and and that's not to say that like you should be greedy and like money is everything but you are if you're living comfortably like there is someone else who is also not getting paid what they deserve according to the value that they produce but the only difference is they can't pay their bills mm-hmm. they are people are dying because of poverty and that's the problem like we can't ever we we we've not made it until the lowest of the low are are not dying because of yeah. poverty. Let me throw something at you. and this, this is related to the conversation that we're having, but it just so happens to be music-related. Oh, did okay. you hear about Live Nation? I did not hear about Live Nation. I saw someone post that article, mm-hmm. and I didn't click on it because we were slamming White Claws <laughs> last night. So <laughs> please fill me in. So... And, and this is cuz you you worked at Bridgestone for a while too. I would do some merch gigs at
0: Bridgestone, yeah. This is something that I didn't know. And shame on me for not being up on my music business shit, but this is something that I didn't know until I read this article. Live Nation takes a portion of the artist's artist's merch. Where it gets worse, but like I was looking to yeah.
1: Right. So um I guess explain for me and I guess for anyone listening what Is Live Nation?
0: Oh, so Live Nation is the biggest. They're a promoter, like they're they're or are they? They're a live events company. I think that they they. I don't know how much promoting they actually do, but they put on shit. Like if you book a tour, you know Sturgill Simpson or somebody books a tour, uh, through all the arenas and shit, they're going through Live Nation. I don't think you can book anything hardly without Live Nation anymore. Like Live Nation would be. I think, they, I think they're think they the promoter. And then, like, Ticketmaster, whoever the fuck is, like, the, the vendor that actually sells, like, the paper and lets people in. But
1: Wholesome companies. Yeah.
0: Well, Live Nation is on some shit um, because they're obviously responding to um, the COVID. And if you're listening to this and, like, Live Nation is, in fact, not a promoter and there's the, like, <laughs> there's a, a name for the company, let me know because, like, I actually don't know what I'm talking about. Please tear us a new yeah. one
1: about Live Nation. I just
0: know that they make concerts happen, like... The last show that I played hell was like almost a year ago. And, yeah. yeah and, 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 What's and it, a concert? I don't remember. Yeah. What even is a concert? What was the last concert I went to? I think it was. Uh, I think it was, I went to see Alabama Shakes at the the Ascend Amphitheater, which was probably a Live Nation. If show. this
1: is the apocalypse, that's not a bad last concert. So,
0: uh, so this is the thing because Live Nation is a huge corporation, um, and they've 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 put out this. Uh, they they they've, they've changed the terms of their artist deals, right? Um, they're going to decrease artist guarantees by twenty percent. That's number one. Not great. Um. So traditionally, if the ticket sales are poor and the the show has to be canceled, the artist gets one hundred percent of their guarantee. Yeah. Right. But post-COVID, they're going to deduct that that guarantee in the event of a poor ticket sales cancellation down to 25%.
1: Mm, That's not
0: great. And then, I don't know if you like Lauren Hill or not. She's great. Dude, she doesn't show up to concerts on time. (laughs) Okay, so look, Lauren Hill better listen to this shit. (laughs) Because now, in the event that the artist canceled, not due to ticket sales, but they get sick or something like that, the artist is now on the hook for two times their fee wow. to the promoter.
1: Contractually. Yeah. Jesus. So it's like,
0: if you cancel a show, you owe us two times what we would have owed you. Yeah, that's not good.
1: And they're entitled to 30% of your merch. They're doing just fine, too. I mean, like, they are... I mean, sure, the COVID, I'm probably it probably hurt them in the short term. But, right. you know, they're so big and... I don't know. For you would think that they're on like the same team as an artist, and it's like let's. I'll give you a service. You give me a service. Let's build something together. Because there's no show without the fucking artist, right? They're huge. Um, that's really terrible to
0: hear. But it, it's it's all it's coming at a time where like it's hard it's hard enough <laughs> as it is to make money streaming. Right. Most people, you know, they, they, they eat off of their live shows
1: and their merch. Right. You I mean, merch is the best way to support an artist. Yeah. Um if you're listening to this, Arkansas people, um <laughs> merch is the best way to support an artist. Um but yeah, the you gotta be crushing it in the streams department to be like paying your rent with that. But
0: I mean, kinda, like but but even like and I've been thinking about this a lot, like if, if you've got a record deal.
1: And you are crushing it in the streams,
0: you're not even getting most of that money.
1: Right. Um Yeah. And you're, like even so suppose it's everything is the best case scenario. You're an indie artist and you start crushing it in the streams and you're getting X amount of dollars a month. It's I mean, that money isn't just like going straight into your pocket. You know, you're reinvesting it and mm-hmm. going back into the studio. You're you're always making new music. Um, you know, if you get a couple of hits, like you want to keep Riding that momentum, mm-hmm. and so it's not like you know you get a a million streams in a month and like oh I'm rich now like you you have all sorts of expenses with music you know and like if you're lucky you made about four grand on those a million streams that month right
0: which, don't get me wrong like there are a lot
1: of people that would kill I will it. take four yeah. grand <laughs> I would take it if you're out there you have four grand I right. would take four grand but um, yeah it's just it's really tough for people so. Um, what has it been? What has your process been like? Creating in the midst of this, have you been? Well,
0: I, I wrote a bunch of songs, and I, I didn't like. I didn't didn't have anything else to do. Um. So I don't, or as of right now, I have two songs on Spotify. Right. I'm
1: very familiar. Oh well, thank you, Nick. Yes, I was uh, listening to uh, Love Montage's most recent hit single on on the way here. <laughs> um. Anyways, love the love the retro vibes. Um, I enjoy I enjoy a good uh, a good rock and roll guitar. So I appreciate
0: it, man. Um, to answer your question, um, I'm gonna try to release a song about every six weeks. The the like the next one's already like loaded. I haven't like announced it yet. Okay, I, I guess this is kind of an informal announcement that there's new music coming on July 3rd. It's out now. Um, so I'll do more promotions and shit for it later. But Lit. the <laughs> Like and this is something that I struggled with for so long because like, you know, I I, I envisioned this as like you know this a garage rock band and mm-hmm. didn't know shit about like like I knew how to play music I knew how to record music a little bit oh yeah but um I, I I'm I've only realizing <laughs> how little I knew about this entire fucking thing right and um when you write music the impulse is oh fuck I really like this song you know I really really wanted to blow up. And just realistically speaking, like one song probably isn't going to do much. Some some people get super fucking lucky, obviously, but the best thing that you can do as a creator right now is release music as often as possible.
1: I am right there with you. Yeah, because the attention economy is so short. If you yep. can, you release an album, it's twelve songs, and everyone's like, "Cool," and then they're not even going to listen to those twelve. Songs. How do
0: you feel? Because like this, especially for like you know, this like rock and roll, indie communities and that sort of thing. There there's there's this like there's this church of the album. You know, like it's this this, this, this sacred thing. And I don't want to discount the album as an artistic medium. Um but even back in the old days, like in, in, in the beginning of the music industry, like if you if you if you pick up like a, a Temptations LP, there might be three or four original songs on it and then the rest of the shit is covers. A lot of Ooh. filler. Yeah, a lot of filler. Like, if you pick up a Sinatra LP, there are very few original songs on it. There are,
1: like, a couple of original songs, and then there's some shit that Duke Ellington did. I mean, look at look at a guy like... And yeah, all respect to this man. I love him. Look at a guy like Springsteen, how many countless albums he's put out. That how, motherfucker. How many, how many songs by Springsteen can, like, the average person name? You know, it's like... And obviously, you know, Born to Run or whatever, uh-huh. like that era was brilliant stuff but yeah. yeah a lot of artists that was just the template for a while right. was and i think that's why you know people are were used to that for a long time it was the standard to yeah, you release an album i think that al- albums might be like one of the great the great corporate
0: heists of all time and i'm going to tell you why <laughs> like, like like in 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 the early early record industry people did singles just like they do now um, as we got into the seventies and eighties and these, these labels really got like a hold on the marketplace. They were like, okay, so what if we like, you know, we, if we sell 78s instead of 45s, yeah, we th- suddenly we're going from 699 to 2499 right. for a bunch for, for people just to get that one song that they really, really fucking want. Um, they forced consumers into buying a product that they probably otherwise would not buy. Right. And it's some because it, it, because there are great albums out there there are those artists
1: that just do have these amazing bodies of work it got it got deified well right if you there's a song that's on the radio and it's hot and you love this song and you want to buy the album like mm-hmm. throw whatever else you want on there like i will you have to buy the album yeah. like let's all right let me buy this album um because I really like this one song. And, like, hopefully along the way you discover more stuff that you like, some deep cuts, you know? <laughs> yeah. But at this stage of the game, it's it's funny how the, the technology is dictating the medium in mm-hmm. a lot of ways where it did start out like this where, you know, a single is around, you know, three or four minutes because that's how much space was available on the vinyl. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's really why we know the single, like why songs are the length that they are now because of the the physical limitations of the medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think albums versus like singles and EPs like that are kind of hot right now, I think the technology is dictating that a lot. Like what's the point of releasing? This is my thing because hip hop has figured this out already mm-hmm. and 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 like on top like like
0: hip hop does this thing you're you're seeing Mother, like, i think i know where you're going with this well they they will drop three or four albums in the span of a year and all the albums have like 22 tracks
1: on yes gucci um, main ed, like yeah would release like a zillion albums every year you know right
0: just just to flood the marketplace with music and hope something hope, hope something catch that that works yeah if you're future
1: young thug they, i mean all of all these guys man are- i listened
0: to that little uzi vert project like right when quarantine started and I enjoyed it too. It was a good listen. I don't remember shit that was on it.
1: Right. It was. I. J- I know it was long as fuck. You keep throwing s- yeah. stuff at the wall. Hopefully, one of them will stick. You they know?
0: have the luxury to be able to create music in that way, though, because like the 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 creation process, a lot of the time for rappers is like very segmented. Like you know, mm-hmm. there's producers. You're there's if, like if you're hot and you're a rapper, there's no shortage of beats. Uh, yeah. You People know.
1: are throwing themselves at you.
0: But when you, if you're making rock records, if you're tracking drums out. You know, you're 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 going to get in there. You're going to track the drums. You're going to do overdubs. Get to the end of the process and realize that you might not like the way that it sounds, right? You're,
1: you you got to pay up for what you
0: yeah what you got it's, though. It, it's 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 so difficult to it's so difficult to do. So I, I I understand like if if you make records the old way, like so many of us in Nashville do, it's really easy to get discouraged by the realities of. The internet as a consumption medium for music. I'm talking about Spotify and Apple and all this kind of right. shit. But um, what w- what I'm trying to do now is okay. Well, fuck. I spend about you know for 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 a, for a day at the studios anywhere from 300 three hundred four. I cannot fucking talk. If I get a day rate, it's about three fifty <laughs> to four hundred bucks. Right. Um, right. What if I go in for an hour or two? have somebody track drums. I'm gonna take those drum stems home and I'm gonna do all my guitars and the bass and the vocals here at the fucking house. Yep. And then I will send it off for mixing and mastering. Yep. Um, you
1: you gotta get a yeah. professional mix and master, but like there are people but, making fantastic things in their house with yeah. really limited stuff. You know, you most people already have a laptop. Right. Um if not Get a laptop. Get a laptop. That's probably your first step in making music. Um, you get logic. You get an interface. It doesn't even have to be an expensive interface. Get some plugins. Mm-hmm. And you may not be making stuff that is ready to you know, be put out, but mm-hmm. I've seen people know almost nothing about this process, and you just tinker and you fool around, and you can make some really good stuff. Just from your home, and I, yeah, I agree with you. You need a full, you need a full rig to track drums. And yeah. There's some things that you just can't get around, right? But
0: yeah, but it, it that I think that that it's the way that I'm trying to do it. I think is just more efficient. Like the the way that I did the the two singles that I have right now were tracked. Like the basics were tracked on the same day. Like so the the basic the mm-hmm. the drums and the guitar. No, the drums and the, the drums and the bass were tracked on the same day. I came back another time and did guitars. Came back another time to do vocals. That's three different studio sessions, right? And it's
1: starting to add up, you know. Yeah, it adds for, up real for quick. Like you know, a week in the studio, you could build out your own home rig. Yep,
0: yeah, yeah. You're right. You can, and it, it, it it's also a, it it costs time and it costs money. Which, like, if you're if you're if you're trying to make your music pop,
1: you literally just don't have the luxury of right. Um, for some people, it stifles creativity. For yeah. some people, I think that the kind of studio environment mm-hmm. where you are on the clock. If you pay for a day of the studio, you have an hour left, and you still got to nail a guitar take, that's a lot of pressure. But if you're at home, you can just fiddle-faddle around on the computer mm-hmm. and and really fine-tune your melodies. And, like you know, it's honestly whatever works for you, whatever makes you make the best songs. If you do better by having as much time as, as you want to come up with parts, then that's fine. If you're a guy who can just knock it out quickly and usually your first instinct is the best, then maybe studio works for you. But we're just, we're kind of in an era where there's no template anymore for how to do it. Unless you're Keith Urban or something. I,
0: I tell you what's scary. I, I think that the the games it's it's wide open now. It, it, more than anything, the people that are going to win are going to be the people that put the most shit out. And I know that a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, you know, it's got to be quality over quantity." Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, I think when you when you think about online content, period, quantity is most of it, right? And like, I I hate I I hate to do like this whole Gary V thing where it's like, oh well, quality is subjective, but like it kind of is. Um, right, and you you don't really know what you have or how good it is or how good it isn't until you put it out there in some way, shape or form. but um, you've seen this whole this 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 podcasting push that Spotify <laughs> it's ironic because this is going on
1: Spotify um, that you see this podcasting push that they're making. Um, yeah, with uh, I know that they signed Joe Rogan to like an exclusive deal or something for yeah. an enormous amount of money what was there anything else was i know that they, was like the flagship
0: they just signed kim kardashian to an exclusive podcast deal on spotify wow.
1: i was always I was wondering how I could keep up with her, and it's about prison reform of all
0: things, because apparently that's like I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I will let other people listen to it and tell me how it is. How about that? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna check it out. I mean, I, I'm I'm interested in what she has to say, but the, the the thing of it is because you know Spotify's like the flagship streaming service, yeah. And for, for, I mean for podcasters, they're probably fucking pumped because like you know, this this, right. this like you know raised their their value up you know, 10, 20, however many times. But this also puts Spotify in this place where it's like, it it appears that they're investing more into the podcasting space than they are the music music space. space, Right. Um, And it raises questions of, well, if they can sign a deal for a podcaster to have an exclusive deal on their platform, what's to stop them from doing the same thing to somebody like Ed Sheeran or The Weeknd? Right right it's like, like, hey, bro, your uh, your, your contract with Warner Music is up. Why don't you come
1: to Team Spotify? Right? <laughs> I mean, I, I am curious as to That is like a very real possibility, and I think that we saw in 2016 Jay Z try to do that with The Life of Pablo. <laughs> he did, I think that was the album that it was, and uh, and it was. I mean, I personally bought a free trial of title. I bought a free, I got a free trial of title because, um, Kanye was killing it back then. I really was, I really enjoyed that album at the time. Um, whatever um we're not gonna talk no judgment like we're not gonna talk about i love a lot of kanye records he has yeah. a dude
0: that dude is on some bullshit he is yep, on a level of bullshit yeah did you see this bullshit to where like um he allegedly faked this whole that whole maga lost weekend that he had where he was in love with trump like allegedly he um he was doing it to uh what was what, what, what were they fucking saying
1: he he, he gave it, he, it was like he was trying to like ingratiate himself with the Republicans to like try and actually do some good stuff or yeah. something. It's like, I don't really, I don't think that it was that he was being entirely serious mm-hmm. when he was going through that phase. But I also don't think that he had some like master four dimensional chess plan either. I think he was just going out of his mind for like a little bit. There's so many Kanye records that I love, but it's like,
0: it's like, it's like Kanye and Ben Carson, man. Like, they, they it's like, how can somebody be so gifted yes and so
1: so stupid yes i think ben carson's heart beats at about (laughs) like 20 (laughs) 20 beats per minute and like he just is the most most low energy person in the world like i'm sure he's just like about to like slice open like a child's brain to like do life-saving surgery and just like falls asleep on the table it's
0: so crazy because he (laughs) how you gonna be low energy and work for trump like trump hates low energy bro that's what he fucking
1: right uh, branded
0: yeah i I know why he hired him because he says nice things about him when i was a kid i was in like the fourth or fifth grade (laughs) they used to tout ben carson like to like us as like young black kids it was like see this is what you could be because at that time he, like, he was doing groundbreaking shit. He's the first person to successfully separate conjoined twins at the head. He's the first person in the world to do it. Not the first black person, the first yeah, man to do it.
1: it. Honestly, that sounds pretty difficult. Like, I don't know really what yeah. goes into it, but it sounds difficult. And uh, it really seemed like he was crushing it. He had a he had a whole book deal too. He I did. mean,
0: I wonder if those twins are like, oh, a dude, this saved our lives. What the fuck happened to him? Yeah, what
1: happened? <laughs> no, really, how the mighty have fallen. Like he really was like. <laughs> mm-hmm. To there are a lot of doctors, and they are all brilliant people. You have to be brilliant to get into med school, you know, yeah. and then graduate, and then, and he managed to distinguish himself among some of the most talented and intelligent people in the world yeah. and then what the hell happened i think that he was always like that the the, the issue
0: was like you know if i'm in fourth grade i'm this is 20 2003 2004 something like that mm-hmm. probably 2004 so you just think about the media landscape if you wanted to to like learn about what was happening in the world you had tv you had newspapers you had magazines you had a little bit of internet but not that much we're exposed
1: to all the shit that people do all the time now
0: i think he was always like that there was just no way for us to fucking
1: know right there's no way to no one everyone has a platform now you can post a tiktok tomorrow and it can get a billion views you know and it's like am i on it Yeah, yeah i i have a tiktok uh i have not uploaded anything i just lurk so um I just am waiting for the right time to strike and then I I think I'll be TikTok famous but I just I don't <laughs> want to be TikTok famous just yet.
0: Um Are you going to do dances or are you going to make drum covers?
1: N- neither I'm not good looking enough to have oh, give I, yourself more I, you, credit. You you have to be like a either a really good dancer or a teenage girl to really hit it in the dance scene and there's not enough people that watch drum covers. So I'm just kind of waiting to find my niche. Uh, so you're going to make Marxism videos. Maybe make some educational Marxism now, videos. Now, you, do you
0: consider yourself to be a Marxist?
1: Um, I'm not really sure what my label is, because there's, like, on the left leftist side of things, there's just a lot of, like, labels and I just really... I don't really know what I would consider myself. I know that um, I have read a bunch about Marxist ideas and theories and um a lot of professors in college were really instrumental in helping me understand them and i just am really enamored with them and i think that embracing a lot of those ideas would benefit our country greatly mm-hmm. um, so do i think we should look like communist russia maybe not um do i think we should keep things the way they are now i don't think so either hey, no this shit is not Hell working no. man so it's yeah the label thing is is interesting um i don't
0: i was just curious um yeah. I mean,
1: you like i we're
0: so indoctrinated just to believe that marxism is inherently evil and the communism oh, yeah. is inherently evil um i mean it, it like anything else like an economic system or a, a political system or a philosophy ultimately is a tool what you do with it right um is what makes it good or evil um i you know i I, man dude i was trying to get through the fucking communist manifesto and i i I like to read but dude yeah i i I was having a real hard slog with that one
1: it's pretty it's pretty dry um i know we would we would get assigned like the readings Mm -hmm. um and i i ended up writing like a final paper that was a whole lot of pages i don't remember how many pages but it was Probably the longest I worked on a paper in college, like it was like a couple months process, and so I spent a lot of time with the text. Mm -hmm. Um, And definitely having a professor who you know has a PhD in studying this sort of thing was really helpful guidance as to like how the proper way to like interpret it, like some of the like language and terms he uses that you know in the eighteen hundreds were more relevant than they are now, maybe. Um, And I would like to encourage everyone. I always (laughs) encourage everyone, but there's like, there's so many great resources that can help you like untangle the text a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, like someone who is, who has like this visceral negative reaction to hearing the word Marx and Marxism, they probably can't explain what the ideas are, mm-hmm. other than like, oh, you just want everyone to have free things or like, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people have a full understanding of what it is. And I think that's where a lot of the misconceptions come from. Um, educate
0: me a little bit. Like if you if you had if, if somebody asked you to give like a synopsis on the philosophy of Marxism, what would you tell them?
1: Um, it's the way that I like to explain it to people is that there are two classes of people mm-hmm. to Marx is like capitalists and not capitalists. There are people who control the means of production mm-hmm. and there are people who, who work and they don't get paid what they're worth. Mm-hmm. So the, what profit is, and you hear profit is like a very positive word in our capitalist society. Profit is the surplus of your labor. So if you work at McDonald's and you make $8 an hour, the the reason that you have a job is because you are producing more than $8 of value for McDonald's per hour. Mm-hmm. And that's why you are employed and that's why they make money. Mm-hmm. And so just the idea that if you labor and you work, you're entitled to what you worked for you know yeah and uh yeah it's just a way to it's a lens through which i view every political interaction every like business interaction you know um and it really helps solidify that your employer is doesn't care about you your employer is like under Marxist theory, your employer is <laughs> stealing from you. That's what yeah. he would say. And that's a bit extreme for a lot of people to hear. So I don't really like... My goal is that people would kind of get on board with it a little more than just like using terms to like alienate people. Yeah, But the theory goes like so much further than that. Um, he talks a lot about alienation where the, the more and more industrialized that we become the more alienated you get from your labor. So if you're working on a farm um, back in like a feudal system or something, and you go out and you pick a bunch of strawberries, then you have those strawberries as a material um, like good of like this is what your labor produced. As we get more and more industrialized, as we get further away from that, you become more alienated from your labor you don't see exactly what you're producing Mm -hmm. and you get a little like disillusioned by that, you know, and the more and more, you know, that goes down the rabbit hole. um, It just, it creates unrest. And his idea was that we are progressing towards like communism, like communist utopia as the end goal. And that like capitalism would break down because of these reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's really crazy that in the mid-1800s, he was predicting all of this, mm-hmm. mid-1800s, sometime in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can see a lot of these, when you read it and you apply it to what's going on today, like you can see a lot of that happening. You Especially know? now. Like, the,
0: you know, as, as convenient as it is for me to like, you know, fuck, my quarter-inch cable went out and uh covid has all the stores closed so i can't go to uh to mid to i don't know my local music shop and get one i'll just order it on amazon I'll be here tomorrow the system that backs all that shit up is an unsustainable it is literally as we speak now not yes. working and it is only going to get worse yeah and like the way that i look at it i feel like the course of society has one of three options uh one is that we get some elected officials who are beholden to us and not to people who are making a shit ton of money and essentially right. buying the government so that they are the de facto rulers of this country. That's the Jeff Bezoses and the Elon Musk and the Mark Zuckerbergs and whatnot. Right. So one is that we do a soft landing and we just do a hard factory reset. We start talking about jobs programs. We start talking about universal basic income. We start talking about healthcare. Um, We start talking about these things that allow people to live a dignified lifestyle. We start, like, implementing some of these things. That's option one. Option two is we continue on the current course and do nothing, At which you've got one of two choices. Either we live in a class of, like, billionaire overlords, or live under a class of billionaire overlords, or we have a French Revolution
1: yeah i don't want teens out yeah
0: like i don't want to see anybody i'm not and i'm not calling for that i'm just saying
1: that like that is one of the yeah, that's one of the options that <laughs> is one of the op- i yeah. don't think that jeff bezos deserves to die um <laughs> yeah i just want to clarify that for anyone who is wanting to cancel me right now Dude, but um, i can't wait to like for this to be used against me later <laughs> yeah jeff listen jeff bezos if he dies it has nothing to do with me okay Just yeah. no, clarify.
0: Like, I, I I, don't i don't want to see because like the, the, the thing about revolutions oftentimes they're necessary but they're also very much reactionary yeah you know what i mean so you can't like like even when, when people are talking about all these quote-unquote riots and stuff like that it's like okay well you know they're they're calling for change the wrong way that's not the way that you behave and it's like no these are reactions is what they are Right. You know, you
1: you're you're creating these conditions for people to behave the way that they do. Right. And to that point where you people behave differently under certain conditions. Yeah. As like industrialization progresses as we go further down this rabbit hole and the, as as wealth continues to concentrate at the very tip top of the pyramid like it is. Mm-hmm. Um people as it is now are maybe unaware that they're being stolen from by their employer, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But they're comfortable. All of their needs are met. And so there's not as much of an impetus to like really change their situation. If you have um, a house with a dog and 2.5 kids in the suburbs, <laughs> you are not under as much pressure to, like, we have got to change this system because you're comfortable. As we keep progressing, as technology keeps progressing, as automation and artificial intelligence and self-driving vehicles and manufacturing jobs continue to dwindle all of this stuff they're going to be fewer and fewer people living that comfortable life the wealth will continue to concentrate and we're hurtling towards that yeah and so that's the the idea behind basic income and i think it would behoove a lot of these ultra wealthy to try and institute it sooner than later is that like a lot of people would be fine with this wealth continuing to concentrate like this they would yeah if if people's needs are met and uh-huh, at the yeah. end of the day the the reason that i'm so enamored by like marxist and socialist theories is that it is a way to ensure that no one gets left behind and that it's not you know if you are working a job and you're and you have you know you have your needs met, mm-hmm. and you are not slipping through the cracks. You're not dying because you can't afford food or insurance or anything like that. Um, it's not the end-all, be-all to me. I think that really my chief concern is that people's needs are met. That's just a great framework right. that would allow it to happen.
0: I think the biggest thing, there are two big things standing in the way of that. I agree with all of it. Obviously, yeah. people that have concentrated wealth and concentrated power don't want to give it up. But how, no. much, how yeah, <laughs> and they never do, um, but how much of it is also just we 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 have a really fucked up value system in the United States, like right. we 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 have a system, and I, I guess this is kind of an outgrowth of capitalism as we practice it, that says there have to be winners and losers, right, and if you're a loser, it's your fucking fault because you're either unfit or
1: uh you you didn't deserve it right you know it's I- they want to think it's a meritocracy because if you're rich, then of course you want it. Because mm-hmm. you are rich, because when you say that people are poor because of their choices, mm-hmm. you are the inverse is true to you too. You think that you are rich or that you are successful because of your choices, mm-hmm. and it, and it blinds you from yeah. all of the other things that could cloud why someone isn't quote unquote successful or not successful. Mm-hmm. And it's a classist way to think because you are not better because you work this job than the person who is. Working for minimum wage, mm-hmm. like you're not better than them, and that's uh, goes along with your value system. It's a lot of ti- it's tied into class in a lot of ways, where we revere people who make more money, yeah, just because they make more money, not because of what they Dude, produce. People in the world.
0: literally, like, like, even like in media, you people don't give a fuck what you have to say until you've made a million dollars. You make a million dollars, all of a sudden, every opinion that comes out of your mouth is valid. Right. I saw. I don't know if you've seen that poll that said that. Uh, like the, uh, quote unquote American, the happiness of American people is like lower than it has been since 1972.
1: Yeah, I feel that. Um,
0: yeah, which and but but, but like uh, there was a clip from the View with you know Whoopi and uh, Meghan McCain and all these people, where they were like, "Well, I don't feel that way. I don't understand why people feel that way." You know how much you make?
1: Yeah, but I mean, sorry. Of course, m- you don't feel that Meghan way. Meghan McCain is like a token conservative, like on the dumbest talk show in the world. She does like four hours of work a week and yeah like don't give me that um but they just like you said, i mean i think that they're
0: blind to the reality it was like well you know i just don't understand why people feel that way there's a pandemic we're 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 we're, we're confronting the realities of racism and police violence again okay. everybody got laid the fuck off
1: laid the fuck off Ar- unemployment is at like it's higher, like the, I think it's the, higher the, than it's been yeah, since the uh, Depression, yeah, you know? This is, yeah. Worse than 2008? Oh, I by mean, far. That's,
0: that's wild. At the height, it, there, it was 40 million people, I think it was, which didn't need to happen. Like, when you look at the other developed countries, they nationalized their uh, their payroll system, where it was basically like they gave these companies the money to pay their employees so that everybody could be employed when the pandemic was over. Right. Which, like, doesn't seem hard, doesn't seem difficult. Doesn't seem that hard, Yeah, no. like, it, 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 it seems very reasonable to me. Like, there's a lot of shit that we could do in this country. We just choose not to do it.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> that's... No,
1: you're hitting the nail on the head. You're hitting the nail on the head. Dude, I think, like, when I was at Bartok, because I
0: was, I was kind of like... I'm not gonna lie. Like, look, we, we all we all evolve. I was on like some like neoliberal bullshit like when we met, but
1: but, but I knew I knew that you you
0: were smarter than that. <laughs> well, you okay? But you have to look, well, let's talk about class consciousness again, right? So, like, my parents by not even by just like the standards of Black folks, but by the standards of people in the United States, are very very educated. Both my parents have master's degrees. My mom is finishing her PhD. Right. Um, and I Sheesh. like you, and you like gr- growing up. Like I, there, there, I, I didn't imagine not going to college. It was no. just something that you did. Yeah, it was the what
1: do you do after high school? You go to
0: college. One third of people in the United States, but even by our age group, even by our age group, only one third of us have a bachelor's degree. That is even fascinating. In, I swear, you guys can look this shit up. You can look up educational attainment. By age group. Oh my God. People in our age group, like I'm 26, people in our age group, one third of us have a bachelor's degree. That's Most people wild. don't do it. And there's, I mean, yeah, it's fucking expensive. Yeah, you, it's you, expensive. You, you, it's, a, it's a debt sentence, which is a whole other conversation. I'm in debt. Um, but when when you when you when you when you when you have two parents who have done all the middle class shit, and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're educated. They grew up poor. They defied the odds and that sort of thing. Of course, yeah. It, My it, dad's an immigrant, so yeah. it's yeah, Cuba. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that, but I remember that. Yeah, got um, Cuban vibes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the the whole you know consumerist economic trade policy plus virtue signaling on cultural issues and putting diversity in high places it it, it appeals to you when that is your 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 your, your class upbringing you know what right. i mean like right would like But like, for a lot of black folks like regardless of his policies like obama just made us feel good he he made us proud right um, his policies it was important yeah yeah and, and i still like i i still ha- have admire him for that reason right yeah, but that's very hard um, to do yeah but his politics, I mean, what, what did he really do? And not, not even—I'm not one of those people that's like, "Well, Obama got in office and didn't do nothing for black folks." He didn't do anything for anybody other than make yeah. people
1: feel good. Yeah, um, he was, and and honestly, he was—he is the most <laughs> gifted politician I think that we have ever seen. Goat shit. You know, goat as far as like just the like the. The act of politics, of his speeches, his public image, he was just unbelievable. And so, yeah, after what, George W. Bush, like, yeah, of course, he looked amazing, you know? Like, yeah, it makes total sense. How are you feeling about the upcoming election, man? (laughs) I would say that I don't want to get into it too much because uh, I just... There's nothing good that is gonna come out of it. But uh I would say my adjective would be unenthused. Same. A very unenthused. I think that Bernie people are across the board like really, really kinda of hurt by what happened. It just it felt like felt like we got screwed over. It was he it was he a perfect candidate? Mm-hmm. By no means like there's a lot of stuff that I would differ with him on, but he really felt like the first chance that working class people had to have a seat at the table, and it yeah. feels like that rug has been pulled out from under us. Let me ask you something about Bernie.
0: This is what I don't understand about him. and there there were other problems with the campaign. I think that he 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 could have been the nominee. he didn't like things didn't have to be the way that they are, right. He seemed so dedicated to the Democratic socialist label which is not inherently a bad thing, right? but we know that you are in the game of politics and you know that that word scares the shit out of it's people. It's a signal, yeah. It's, it's a scary word to a lot of people. Why is it that FDR had an economic bill of rights that had a living wage in it? It had, obviously he didn't get to pass it, but he, this was something that he advocated for before he passed. It had it, 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 a living wage, a uh, uh, jobs guarantee, uh, health care, all that shit was in there, stuff that Bernie sanders was was pushing for. Why not brand your campaign as an economic bill of rights rather than a socialist revolution?
1: yeah, I think I think <laughs> it will be very fascinating to look back on this campaign and I think that what he did do is kind of carried the torch for a lot of people. He pushed the party leftward, uh the idea of universal health care. As something that could be on the policy platform of the Democratic Party was not something that was really being talked about until he showed up. And it would not have been talked about had he not shown up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's gonna be fascinating to look back on and see, really pick apart how he failed because it really seemed like he was in the driver's seat for a while I did. this, this dude, year. I
0: did, I was at fucking Mickey's, man. I was at Mickey's and I just drank a tincture, like like a THC. Like it was like a dropper of Mm -hmm. THC. And i just like, this girl dropped it in my water or whatever. And I'm drinking it. And then I got high as fuck. And I was like yelling at this dude, Bernie Sanders is going to run away with it in South Carolina against Joe Biden. Oh, God. Literally, you were going to text me, Solomon, you were right. I'm standing on shit in Mickey's yelling as shit. And then... That man no, right ended he, he your did, life I, a couple I, days later. Yeah, I, I, I,
1: I, well, I, I, texted Block him his number. I was like, Hey,
0: dude, I, I, I was wrong. Looks like <laughs>
1: I was wrong. I was wrong hey, as dude, hell. Hey, dude, do man. not text, please. <laughs> oh, God. I was a mess that day. I was, I just remember like the state of mind I was in. I was just driving around, just like listlessly staring off into the distance. Like I couldn't even, oh, it was so upsetting. And it, it honestly sounds like just bonkers, to... Be like so upset at at this election, you know, at a primary and like so many factors. But it really felt like that was the finishing blow, especially when the like the center libs kind of consolidated around Biden. They coalesced around Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly, it was the it was a candidate that appealed to people like you and I's material interests. I at that point was a working musician um i hadn't been on a w2 since november Mm -hmm. um and i was really excited about the whole that whole deal but like i need health insurance i need you know i have student loan debt Mm -hmm. um and like a lot of those policies would have I mean, passing a Medicare for all, for all bill would change my life. It would change my career outlook. It would change everything. Yeah. And there are a lot of people, I'm not alone in that. There are a lot of people in the same boat. And a lot of people who, it's a lot more high stakes than me being a healthy uh, man with a bachelor's degree and no kids. Mm-hmm. And really, it's like the the desire to, pursue music full-time is what was in my mind. But there are single mothers out there. There are retail workers, people really living paycheck to paycheck and living on the margins, that those policies would have just drastically impacted their lives. And I partially felt the weight of that for my own life, but it was really just any interaction that I had with a working-class person, it was just like, it was like gutting just to think that, I mean, minimum four more years before this stuff comes back up. Right. You know, and it's, it's a shame, but, uh, the, the movement is not limited to Bernie Sanders. He was not the first and he won't be the last. Um, and we have a generation who needs to register to vote and vote more, but we have a generation who are becoming adults and who are joining the labor movement who are, Invested in this stuff, who believe in this stuff, who believe in a future for people that are not them, you know. And so, that's kind of. I'll step off my soapbox, but I really that it just. I'm disappointed, but I'm hopeful. With that being said, like this will
0: this will be out later this week. July seventh is the deadline to register to vote in Tennessee. If you're not already registered, or if you need to update your registration, go ahead and do that. July seventh, July seventh. By the time this comes out, you'll have about. I don't know a week and a half two weeks to get that done um it's easy to be unenthused but this is like not the time to not vote you know what i mean and i and honestly i'm kind of kind of kicking myself in the fucking head for saying that because like you see all those people who are like lesser 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 evil voting is killing america i kind of agree with that like back when hillary was fucking running i was like not one of those people i was just like look you get one or two options you got to pick one and it's like yeah okay so one option is infinitely scarier but Joe 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 Biden is scary in a different kind of way because he's dedicated to the status quo yeah. which ain't fucking working. It ain't fucking working. He work. loves the status quo. Dude, he would Yeah, yeah. He he loves the fucking status quo. He
1: Well, here's the thing, it's I think that at the end of the day whoever he picks as VP is going to be like monumental because his brain is decaying. He has a, he has like a very like mushy brain and it. I feel like it's going to like ooze out of any number of his like facial holes at any point. Like when he's up there speaking, like his, his eye started, (laughs) his eye started bleeding in the middle of a debate and (laughs) we just like glossed over it. Like it was nothing. Like it just like that happened on national television. Joe Biden
0: might be the worst major party presidential candidate in modern political
1: history oh he it's it is atrocious i mean he just like he just rambles on about nonsense and he's like oh you know what jack back in my day and like just says things like and i'm sure his pr people are i mean whatever they're getting paid they're not getting paid enough because everywhere he goes it's like this trail of destruction that he's like fighting with people he's like getting angry and
0: i mean it it very well could be that they have the world's easiest job because it seems like their strategy is just keep him away from shit as often as possible just
1: keep him propped up and like alert like kind of alert and really like just hope that trump keeps doing insane things and tanking in the polls dude did you see that that facebook shit Stephen Miller made like he came up in the and
0: le- in, in the first episode with, with Stephen Roberts. Mm-hmm. So Stephen Roberts is the good Stephen. Stephen Miller is the evil Stephen. Bad, bad, bad. So he went to Duke. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. So he. So what we were talking about last week was the fact that that like so Trump's first rally is today. It was supposed to be yesterday. Yes,
1: and there on, was a and, massive backlash. Yeah.
0: Stephen Miller did that shit on
1: purpose. Oh, yeah. Duh, he is. And that's the thing is that these people appeal to just like the most hooting lunatics on the far right, like these, like the people who were playing the guitar outside of the Tulsa Convention Center. I'm sure you saw that video. I did not see that. Oh well, they're just people singing this Trump election song. Oh god, it's like this really, (laughs) it's really scary shit. Anyways, like those sort of people, at least good they. It kind of slapped, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but they, they appeal to these, like, you know, these stereotypical Trump voters, whatever. And these people are brilliant people as far as like aptitude goes. Like, mm-hmm. if, you know, people that are graduating at the top of their class, you know, Ted Cruz, I was reading about Ted Cruz the other day. And he was like the editor of like the Harvard Law Review, you know, yeah. just wildly brilliant people who, by their resume, these Trump voters would hate these people yep. and get, they hate them too. And it's like, they know what they're doing. So yeah, Stephen Miller knows what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, no, he's,
0: he's definitely, he, he's throwing bones to the far right and also just trying to piss off. You know, people who are marginalized. He so they they obviously they scheduled the the rally for Juneteenth in Tulsa. They repealed the military transgender. uh uh, Yeah. On. um, I'm I'm saying this so badly. What What was it they repealed exactly? It it was It was Obama era, not legislation, but I think it was an Obama executive order to ban discrimination against
1: transgender people in the military. In Healthcare in healthcare, I'm pretty sure. Can we look that up? I just want to make sure that's, I want to make sure that we're doing this justice. I'm pretty sure they rolled back a bill that prevented discrimination in healthcare for trans people. I'm pulling up, which
0: is disgusting. They did it on the day of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Jesus. Um, I'm still pulling it up. Give me a second. I need to have, like, another table with a laptop where I can just do all the shit, and then we can yeah. check. But, like, this is still all... And you get,
1: uh, get a little soundboard with, like, a ham horn, Err, er, er, and, like, just, you know, other sound effects. If, just
0: go full Joe Budden with it. Yeah. Dude, I'm trying to do all that shit. I just got to take it, like, one step at a
1: time. <laughs> Dude, I'm... I'm ve- I I'm very nervous uh, for, like, the last week about this. But, um, you are... Yeah, it was Healthcare
0: Protections. Trump administration rolls back Obama era transgender healthcare protections. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was the military.
1: Well, that was like, he did, he did do like a military ban. Um, that might, somewhat, I think that res- happened already. Somewhat yeah. recently. Yeah. Mm. Um, which, like, that's another group of people that is under a lot of attack mm. and who needs a lot of protection from the law. I mean, if you want to look at the statistics for uh, life expectancy for a black trans woman, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, it's like these people are marginalized by society and especially by people like the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's pure evil. Mm -hmm. Um, It is pure evil. And based on the amount of trans people in our population, it's not a ton. And so to be passing a law like that is just outright discrimination, outright hatred. And that is disgusting. And honestly, I was in the camp of, don't cancel me for this. I was in the camp where I wasn't going to vote in November because I was so disillusioned by the primary process. I was so upset at feeling like bernie was cheated and i was like i'm not going to reward them with a vote but honestly that this combined with the covid response combined with the george floyd and the outpouring of the events that unfolded after the yeah. george floyd murder um it it honestly changed my mind we cannot because like you it's like it, trump is literally like the
0: it's the, it's it, 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 he's the worst for for several reasons it's like the status quo as far as the economy will stay the same. Correct. Plus, he really wants to do this fascist authoritarian shit. Yeah. And like, it was it was one thing, like, you know, back in like, you know, 2016, you know, pe- people were like, you know, pe- people were talking about it, but it was kind of like, oh, you guys are overreacting, blah, 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 blah. And then we saw, no, he he, he wants to deploy the, the military in U.S. streets, not the National Guard. He wants to put active duty in, right? Yeah. Like, like in American right. cities. To the point where, like, like Pentagon generals had to be like, "We don't support this." Um, like, nah, that that that's his thing. We're telling you, we're not on board with it, and he's willing to shoot tear gas at peaceful
1: protesters. Yeah, everything. <laughs> to take a picture. With everything a has changed. I. I reassessed after yeah. all this stuff started happening. Even after the
0: Tara Reed stuff, I think I was kind of like on the same same page that you right, were. Right, and then it was just like,
1: God, fucking damn it. Yeah, it's like, man, you really have outdone yourself with like being terrible. Um, it's like I, I like he like we I know he we're, we know he's a fucking
0: dick. We know he's a narcissist, but like, what is it that makes somebody like when when, when shit is bad? Most people in power want to be that dude to bring everybody together. Especially somebody that wants to be loved like him, he is dedicated to making people not have a good time. Right. It's like he, I, I think that there are so few people in the world that get up in the morning and they're like, "All right, how can I fuck people's day up today?" He is that guy. Absolutely, he's like, "Whose day can I fuck up, and how bad can I fuck it up?" Yeah, that's literally what he gets up with on his mind. It's like, "All right, I'm about to be on some
1: bullshit today." And then his second thought is, <laughs> "Let me get some McDonald's breakfast and turn on cable television." And tweet. Um, so honestly, like, he probably tweets first. Honestly, respect for that. Like you know, respect for tweeting a lot. Um, I can't knock him on that. And honestly, his tweets have been kind of hilarious. Sometimes, like he'll just tweet things in all caps. Like he'll just tweet like China with like an <laughs> exclamation point in all caps. Presidential harassment. And and that is. I mean obviously it's bad. I'm be, I'm doing irony, but it's hilarious. And no, it, it, Joe it's, Biden's it's, tweets not nearly as funny.
0: He, that, but that's one of the scariest things about him because I'm not going to sit here and say that some of the shit isn't just straight fucking funny.
1: Yeah, hold on. Let me find <laughs> let me find my favorite my favorite Trump tweet from the past. <laughs> I mean, my god, I was I was unwell.
0: I'm uh, going to pull up mine, so you're going to read yours and then I'm going to tell you what mine is.
1: what if we have the same? if we have the same there's no way like i look i got i got i got a deep cut okay
0: i got a deep cut this like this is this is literally like the most we're living in a simulation thing that i have ever read in my life (laughs) i'm gonna read mine while you're pulling yours up please do bro this was what year was this this was in 20 this was this was a year ago this was june 4th 2019 Washed up psycho Bet Midler was forced <laughs> and he added her. <laughs> he added Bet Midler. Oh, he literally put the at like with the <laughs> link yes, in it. <laughs> he, washed up psycho at Bette Midler was forced to apologize for a statement she attributed to me that turned out to be totally fabricated by her in order to make your great president look really bad. She got caught, just like the fake news media gets caught. A sick scammer. This motherfucker really t- added Bet Midler and called her
1: a washed up psycho. Oh, he gets so he gets so sensitive about <laughs> about like people just making comments. Like he's always like he's very vigilant uh to like, like who's, to, talking, like, about who's, who's about him? talking about you, And it's like everyone is talking about him and and but like certain things just randomly pushes buttons. Like yeah. it's like other celebrities, some of them it's like the no good lousy Bet Midler <laughs> and like whatever. So this was uh 51420. So this was a month ago. Oh ago. shit. He said, "Thank you to all of my great keyboard warriors." And he he capitalized the K and the W in keyboard warriors. So it's like, okay. Um you are better and far more brilliant than anyone on Madison Avenue. And then he puts in parentheses ad agencies. <laughs> <laughs> there is nobody like you where it's like he said, there, you are better than anyone on Madison Avenue. And then I think at some point in this tweet, he was like, wow, none of my fans have any idea what I'm talking about. So he says, ad agencies. <laughs> Dude,
0: He so like our Trump supporters are going to start pulling up to Trump rallies in t-shirts that say hashtag keyboard warrior.
1: And it's like, okay, I'm a bit upset because I have been extremely online for, I mean, over a decade now. And Keyboard Warrior is, he's co-opting that phrase from gamer culture, I feel like. Who the
0: fuck taught him that word?
1: I know. I just want to know, like, do you think that Donald Trump has ever played a video game?
0: Maybe some, like, arcade shit. Back in the early '80s, not 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 Do you
1: think he's ever played a video game console? He has
0: not played Apex Legends. No, No. of course not. (laughs) He hasn't
1: played PUBG. Like, I I just want to know, like, if you gave him an Xbox controller, like, would he know how to hold it? Would he know what to do with it? I just feel like he has been so insulated from all of this, dude. He's almost like a not a real fucking human being. I mean, his brain is dying, and he is old enough to. He's at the point where like. I don't think he would ever want to learn anything new and I don't think he really has the capacity to like learn something new at this point. Mm-hmm. So I just would be fascinated to watch him do. There's so many mundane things I wish I could watch him do. I would love to watch him drive a car. I don't think he's probably he lived in Manhattan and he's probably had personal drivers for the better part of his adult life. I don't think he's would know what to do sitting behind the wheel of a car. Like he's he's a very fascinating human being. Mm-hmm. Obviously he is completely evil and well, he's awful, but he, he, there's a lot of parts of him I'm very curious about.
0: We need to dedicate that motherfucker's brain to science when he finally goes. Oh, yes. We need to figure out how the fuck that shit happens. Like, you... I, mean, I yeah. think that I, gr- growing up wealthy and entitled is a big part of it, but there are also plenty of, like, you know, like, like but Bill Gates is rich as fuck, and I'm not sitting here saying that Bill Gates is a saint or anything like that, but he doesn't have that obsessive
1: need for attention. Uh, they are... They're not the same in that, in no, that yeah, respect he, at all. And,
0: and, you know, he, like it, it's just like, for better or for worse, Donald Trump just has to be the center of. Often for worse, he was like, "Look, as long as motherfuckers are looking at me and talking about me, I'm fine with it."
1: Right. If that yeah. means
0: I have to start World War Three tomorrow, there's just so no people, bad
1: publicity. Yeah. I think if you if you took his brain out of his skull, you know when you like get some like piping hot New York pizza. And there's, like, that, like, like level of grease that you can, like, see. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's his brain just because of all of the, like, sodium and trans fat that he <laughs> has mainlined into his system in the past, like, 50 years. I think it would have, like, this orange sheen of just, like, grease. Um, I, I think the brain scans on that thing would be absolutely incredible. Um, just his, like, cognitive processing, uh, the the things that he, he's a very touchy guy. He's, and, and it's funny, like the, when you talk about like a, like a conservative man, like a stereotype of a conservative man, like some blue collar worker, he's very masculine, all of that stuff. Trump is none of that. He's a trust fund baby who was rich the minute he was born. He grew up he lived in Manhattan, and he was a real estate mogul. Um, Barely, he yeah. runs counter to like everything that his fans revere in men. He is very he's very feminine in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. it's it's the reason. And that's fine. I think that men should get more in touch with their feminine side. It's it's fascinating because the people that have glommed onto him so hard and and who have embraced him he is by their standards, not someone that they should be rolling with. You know, it's very interesting how identity and all of that stuff has played out in the past four years. Absolutely.
0: Um, what do you think about this? We got about another, uh, another 20, 25 minutes. Um, where, 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 where do musicians fit into all of this?
1: If anywhere, in your opinion, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I think that the artist's desire to create um, isn't something that is dependent on financial situations. So just because there is there are fewer and fewer viable ways to make money and to monetize your art in this season... I don't think that that reduces in any way the the de- their desire to to make music, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's given people a lot more free time. Uh, all the stuff going on in the world today has elevated a lot of black and and people of colors' voices, um, who make great music. You know, if you look at the history of music. Um, I just think this is going to be a really formative season for art and for music um, because, I mean, it, the civil rights movement had so much literature and music birthed out of that back in the 60s, and I feel like this is going to be another one of those. And there is there is so much accessibility as far as, like, how you can make music how easy it is to make music and put it online and distribute it um so I'm, I'm just as a player and someone who is not a songwriter and i don't really i don't produce music i'm just excited to sit back and watch people create watch what comes out of this i am hoping that live shows start sooner rather than later but um Music is not my life. You know, mm-hmm. I I can live without it for a season for sure. Um, so, you know. mean like live without playing it? You yeah, mean? we'll live without playing with other people. It sucks, but it's not like I'll survive, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you think about all that? About uh, all this? That's, I guess I feel the way that you feel
0: when I ask that question. Uh, how do I feel about all of this? I think that the, the best thing about times like these is that you really have the agency and the freedom to create what you want to create, how you want to create it, <clears throat> and put it out to the world in a way that you didn't have before. I think that some people might argue that there's something of like a financial cost to be paid for that sort of kind of freedom. Right. But I'll take the autonomy hundred um, percent over, over, over the money any day because um, you know I mean really you know I, I know that we we love money man but we love it it it, it it's really only worth so much like right um, when it comes to when it comes to creating I guess let's start there the tools are more accessible and easier to use than they've ever been correct um which as a cre- it, like a- if, if you were someone who creates um that is incentive for you to put your truth down on tape right, right. That's down into uh, zeros and ones if you're recording the logic or ableton and all that shit um which i am i'm not knocking it like i'm I recording that shit
1: i better say were you recording um, the tape in your room <laughs> th- those
0: so those first two singles y- yes actually that, that's awesome yeah um and the one that's coming out was all it was recorded all on my laptop but we mixed it down to tape yeah i was I, I was so obsessed with tape man like when i was in college and i was listening to the white keys and alabama shakes it's a cool vibe it's it, sure. it, it's 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 a cool it's, vibe, a, it's but, a thing you know it's yeah. a, it's
1: just a thing it's not better it's not worse it's just it's a thing it's just a thing. and go for it yeah. you know if you want to do that um
0: as far as our voices um On, on one hand, I, I think that if you're somebody who creates and you have a platform, you need you need to use it to some to, 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 to in one way or another. Like maybe like my music is not inherently poli- is not explicitly political, right? Um, but I do think a lot about the state of the world. So that's kind of like the, 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 I think this this podcast kind of offsets it because like I I just write like
1: really whiny love songs. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> all that I write. Um, but but people. You don't, not everyone needs to be Kendrick Lamar or D'Angelo or. That's what I was getting at. There are some motherfuckers that shouldn't say
0: shit about politics because they say dumb shit. Right. Kurt Novoselic from Nirvana was the bassist.
1: I didn't know who that was. So I'm glad you Nobody. said that. He's <laughs> the one that he will
0: fuck. He's the one from Nirvana that we forget about. He's the third guy. With good reason.
1: Yeah.
0: And I like, you know, he, he fucking, when when Trump shot that tear gas, Kurt Neversal was like, oh, I think he's acting like a strong leader.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's like are you uh, really
0: gonna be that fucking dude. Nirvana's man? canceled. Sorry. Yeah. You see, you just ruined the whole. He's like, oh fuck. Dave Roll <laughs> hung out with Kurt Novoselic back in the '90s. We got to cancel. Cancel Dave him Roll too. and Foo Fighters. Like, hey, so Dave, uh, you know Kurt. Um, okay. Well, I'm not gonna listen to Foo Fighters anymore. Bro. Honestly,
1: you should be canceled. You knew his name. I didn't know his name, yeah. so I'm
0: safe. So you're. I take it that you're not. You're not big into the cancel culture thing. Well,
1: I am in some ways where. Like, Chris D'Elia um, came out, or he came out. Um, a lot of brave women came forward and exposed uh, really inappropriate conversations that he had had with them when they were underage. He's he a comedian? He's a comedian, yeah. yeah. And he's a hack, a total hack. He's not funny. Uh, he's really creepy dude. Anyways, he is preying on these underage girls. It, uh, it's all coming to the surface. He should be canceled. He should be deplatformed. He should not earn a living from TV and from stand-up comedy. No. I think that it you need to be have discretion. If it comes out that someone, when they were 14, said something inappropriate on the internet, since then they have grown... Um, they have put action to their beliefs. They have demonstrated a pattern of, of change and of caring about other people. Should they be deplatformed and, and quote unquote canceled? I I don't think so. I think that people are smart enough to, to differentiate between things like that. Something like where people where men are sexually assaulting women and. Are still allowed to you know have their career relatively unchanged that is textbook w- patriarchy sort of what women have been screaming about it for so long and yeah those people should be cancelled you yeah, know
0: th- I think it when be-, be behaviors are different than comments of course of um,
1: course and sometimes comments are very revealing um like the the NASCAR guy who said the n word so casually on a stream, he got all of his sponsorships pulled. Like, yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. you should absolutely do that. And it's it's not even like they were punishing him. It's like we don't want to be associated with this guy, and that's well within the now, rights to do. Now, I that is different than canceling.
0: I think that like you, yeah, no, if if you've got sponsorships and brand deals and shit right. like that, and you behave badly in public.
1: We're not sending you to prison. Yeah. You know, you just... Maybe there are consequences to your action. That is uh, part of free speech. You are free to say it. I'm trying to think if I've ever personally canceled anybody. (laughs) There's somebody that I just stopped fucking with. John Mayer.
0: I've never been a big John Mayer fan to begin with. Have we had this conversation already?
1: Okay, then there we go. He was... Dude, I think cuz he 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 did that Playboy interview in which he was just an absolute Oh, he really got canceled for. That was like a precursor to cancel cancel culture. Yeah, cuz he he
0: had to go away.
1: Oh, yeah, he yeah.
0: he did. But I like I just like I, look, like like if you're talking to me, man, like Mac Demarco is the most the, the most influential guitarist of the past twenty years, in my opinion. Ooh,
1: that's a steamer, dude. Look, I, steamer. I'm gonna do a whole episode
0: <laughs> on why Mac DeMarco is the most influential guitarist. I can't of wait the past for it because I want
1: to hear it. I could not name a single Mac DeMarco song. Is that no? That's that's not.
0: I mean, is that, that bad? No, no, is okay. Look, it, it it it's 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 a very tight community. Uh, well, I feel but, like
1: living in East Nashville for the last couple of years, I. Should have at least uh, nah, accidentally uh, you, heard a Mac Demarco song. So, like
0: song. The, the the East Nashville vibe is very like, um, you know, Americana driven. You know, yeah. Um, like as, as as it relates to people that are into like quote unquote alternative music, it's not right. um, is not so much like you know slacker rock and you know jangle pop and all this kind of stuff. It's it, it, it it's it's not. It's, it's like rootsy. It's like it's country adjacent without the politics <laughs> little boy said, what's up bro <laughs> this
1: cat just pulled up on nick i made a friend
0: yeah no anyways yeah. um but um back marco is yeah.
1: the most influential guitarist of the last 20 years let's uh, no doubt you look I, I will i will i'm hell gonna, I'm gonna yeah, do I love the hot take.
0: episode on that it's not john mayer i think that like from from technical perspective for dudes that read like you know guitar player magazine and fucking watch andy uh, uh uh do those fucking pedal reviews and shit like okay they're gonna be PDX like oh, yeah. andy
1: yeah is that his name i see it on band meme 666 <laughs> on instagram <laughs> like first here's my clean tone also there's a plug i'm not sponsored by band meme 666 but uh i'm not sponsored by anybody and like honestly
0: if somebody wants to sponsor me like i'll shout your business out sponsor my man solo here he he deserves it anyways you just gonna be all in the frame huh
1: <laughs> i love this cat
0: ellie's gonna be so happy because oh like God. he is like really really in this uh, I
1: don't i don't like how it's pointing his look, let me tell you right at my face if
0: you're it's clean it's a clean but okay if you're starting a podcast this is why you need to video your podcast like you don't give to use all the video yeah but like you know just just in case it's great internet in content case. man um but john mayer he you know he I think, I think that, like, if you talk to, like, players, as far as, like, recording artists that are, like, great guitarists in the mainstream, I think he was kind of, like, the last one. Um, yeah. Gary, Gary Clark Jr., is, I, I guess, is kind of, like, the next generation, because I
1: think... That, I guess, but, like, yeah, like, Gary Clark Jr. ain't hitting the Billboard 100 like John Mayer is, you know? Yeah, man. Like, uh, J-
0: John Mayer... John Mayer... Again, okay, not, not a big John Mayer fan, but respects to John Mayer for somebody that is quite a technically proficient musician right. but is also just like the king of of uh adult adult contemporary music right like, like
1: stuff that you would hear in Kroger um and that's not a, John Mayer is one of my favorite artists full disclosure i am always impressed by the way that he combines um like proficiency uh technicality sort of stuff with commercial appeal and that's mm-hmm. really hard because a lot of guys who are doing some like really crazy stuff like animals as leaders playing in like 11 and like you know all this ridiculous stuff like you listen to all that prog shit of course not it's <laughs> it's and then that's what i'm saying where like i can wa- I'll watch it on youtube and i'm like wow this is very impressive but I, you don't want to listen to it mm-hmm. and but he combines like very technical parts with People want to listen to it and people really like it. And so that's really impressive. And I do get that he's not for everyone. And I would never dude, be it, like. It's
0: just like, I don't know, man. It's just like the most, like, it, and I'll, I'll even, I'll, I'll even, I'll make a concession. New Light Slaps. I like that song a lot. New Light Slaps. I think that might be the best song that dude ever did. <laughs> um, And, you know, all the John Mayer people can at me or whatever. But um, I don't know. It's, it's boring to me. That's totally it, fair. It is, it, it is literally boring to me personally. But That's totally fair. You, like, low-key, like, people don't get enough credit for being inoffensive because, like, most people aren't, like, heavy music heads. Most yeah. people just want to put something on in the car that they can drive to work to. It right. doesn't
1: distract them. And yeah. he
0: figured that shit out. Honestly,
1: if you if you are hosting a get-together and it's more of a chill, drinking wine vibe, <laughs> and you need some back... You can put John Mayer's entire discography on shuffle yeah. and just play it at, like, four or five volume. And it is it's great. He doesn't have anything that's too obtrusive. There's no, yeah. And I appreciate him for that. He's not, he's one of my faves, but I will always be on your side. This is a general you. I'll be on anyone's side. If they come out and bravely say that they don't like John Mayer, I say, I get it. You're entitled to your opinion. Some people, if you Frank Ocean, I'm sorry. You cannot not love Frank Ocean. Um, I'm sorry. That like you you're, bump, you're yeah. wrong if you don't like I've, him. I have not met that person though. He, like, I haven't either you, to be honest. Like
0: there there there's some artists who like their people are like like Tool, like Tool for example. Like there's there's some people that like love Tool and like you know drink their bath water and live eat and breathe yes. Tool. There are people that are like fuck Tool. Um, there are people that are
1: People are kind of just meant about Frank Ocean is, I think is pretty universally loved. You love him or you haven't heard any of his songs yeah. yet, and that's like your only two options. J. Cole. J. Cole got himself into some trouble. He did. Let's talk about that. To be honest, um when it first came out, I just saw J. Cole's name trending on Twitter, and it was like right when he dropped it. And so I went and looked up the song lyrics. And my first reaction was, honestly, I agree with a lot of what he's saying, because I've been getting frustrated at people who are on the same side. you know, they there are people who are like, this is a problem, and things need to be done about it. And they have all the ambition in the world, and people are kind of uh, getting really caught up in like the proper wording and rhetoric. And some people didn't have access to a college education. Some people don't know what intersectionality means. All of this stuff, and I was like, I think what J Cole was saying is like really good. And then, honestly, as the week has gone on, I have read more and more stuff from <laughs> from Black women. I've read more and more stuff um, from people who are like, you have no excuse. You have all these people in your corner. You have. You can't expect black women to hold your hand and take you across the finish line and don't talk to no name about her tone Mm -hmm. because she got in some trouble a few years ago and she turned it around she listened and she she, in trouble she was she was doing she was in danger of getting canceled a few a couple years ago, she said something like insensitive. I don't know. I'm this is just what I'm reading. People are like, she listened, she turned around, she like hosts a book club for people yep. to to work through this stuff together. So it's like you have no excuse, J Cole, and I and I flip sides. So I'm like J Cole, what are you Bro, doing, let brother? Me, let, let me let me tell me tell me what you think J- about man.
0: So I, I and I have this weird love hate relationship with J Cole because like J-, 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 J Cole got some slaps j cole also i think is like is low-key like the the john mayer of woke rap 100 he's got some boring shit too and i'm like j cole why the fuck did you make that man um when it comes to this specific incident she tweeted what she tweeted i didn't think like i didn't think anything of it i thought that it could have been a apl- it could have been applied to any rapper but i guess people that are like real hardcore hip-hop heads thought oh she's talking about cole and kendrick which makes sense in retrospect but she yeah. didn't say anybody's name that's number one she just tweeted what she tweeted now if you look at kendrick lamar he didn't say shit about it he showed up at a protest that's all the fuck he did why did j cole have to go and make a song where he's like hey man no name was kind of mean to me like i ain't really that smart when yeah either whether or not like he's and no, I think that he has portrayed himself that way because, like, I I will maintain this is another hot yes. take. J. Cole should be making more records like Workout. I want to yes. hear more songs yes. like Workout. But
1: we this- we don't need you to be. Right. Changing my life or anything, like give me some bops to this like man went drive from, around with. From
0: fucking workout to fold and close is where he fucking went, and he like he 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 just hates that record because like Nas heard it. he was like, well I don't understand why 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 J. Cole is 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 making this fun stuff, and I'm like, look like okay Nas has one record that we care about the Illmatic. We also know Nas is that dude that picks ass beats. He is not the dude that you want to model your career after, at least not in my opinion. I
1: mean, here's the thing: like music can serve. And honestly, being it's different. If you are a prominent black man in the genre of rap, which it lends itself to a lot of revolutionary language, a lot of stuff like that, there's a little bit more pressure. But not all music has to be serving some sort of greater good or it doesn't have to be like speaking truce or it doesn't... I mean, listen to Migos, you know? (laughs) Listen to... Like there's so much music out there that can serve purposes. It can put you in a good mood. It can be, it can accompany a workout. It can be just for the club. It can be for like reflection. I don't know. Like there, I'm sure he feels a lot of that pressure, but it's just not his yeah. lane. It
0: is. It's. It's not. He. Like, it's like he. I don't. I don't even know why. Like what? What song was it that really like made him like woke? Was it that one song that he had the um? All we want to do is take the chains off. Oh, we want was it that song? Because like I don't really know where the perception comes from, but it, there's he, and he has that song about neighbors. He's got that one too. Um, but
1: I think like
0: race is a theme in his music, but like it's not like like he doesn't it, have like not a pimp like, butterfly. I was
1: literally about to say it's not like Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, Kendrick Lamar that's his lane. Like yeah. I got really into good kid, mad city and to pimp a butterfly in college. Mm -hmm. And those were albums were very formative in the way that, that I understood, um, like race in America and that I, it was, it's like he led us into his life, you know? (laughs) And, like the good kid mad city albums like a diary mm-hmm. and j cole just doesn't yeah he, has never gotten anything that has even scratched the depth of those two albums and that is fine it doesn't make him a worse artist or musician but to that point i don't understand where this yeah where that perception has come from this is this is the
0: other thing um do, do you think j Paul, j cole has a problem with women um after this last week i mean <laughs> because even even before this stuff happened with no name like he has that song no role models It's a weird song it's a weird song like i mean it's, it's like it, it, it's a Bob. it's, it's catchy, kind of a bop, but yeah. like what who why is he so fucking angry like he's just like man i the the, the women in the 90s were better, and they were smarter, but now yeah. all the women are dumb, and they're dumb, but I'm gonna fuck them anyway, is what that song says.
1: Right, and it's, come on, It's just man. like,
0: dude, Like, what, what? maybe he made that song when he was like 22, and it just never came out, and he needed a song for the record, because I just don't understand what the fuck he's so mad about on that song.
1: Right, and, and the thing is, like, his, he does a lot of really great work, mm. like, really great work in communities that is that material good that he's providing for people is more important than yeah. music? He's just—he was wrong on this one. Yeah, does, like does, that's does, it.
0: You literally like you could have pretended like she wasn't talking to you but she hurt your Just ego ignore it yeah you don't gotta put a whole ass Especially song out because like you were you're, you're you're a significantly more successful recording artist than no name is like
1: a uh, galaxy you gave
0: no name like the, the agency to write one of the greatest diss tracks of all time
1: literally did you, did you hear it i saw the i oh, saw her post all the lyrics i saw the lyrics Dude. she tore
0: him a new one bodied bodied and it's like not even like bodied in like the rat beef kind of way but yeah. it was like it, like there's a part where i'm paraphrasing it. i don't know the exact layer but she was basically like george floyd had a uh, had a knee on his neck and all you could do was tweet about me
1: yeah yeah yeah. i saw God that. damn it bro she is a she's a powerhouse dude she's i think she's awesome um back when back before chance put out his like most recent like whack ass album <laughs> when he was when he was kind of like called,
0: is it good ass day is that what it's
1: called maybe i dude i listened to it one time and i was like i will never I listen never, to this ever again everybody <laughs> hated it. but um back when he was on top of the world is when a lot of people got introduced to no name um that's when i got introduced to no name and i really really enjoyed her album and i thought she was awesome and it's crazy that now it's like three years later and like she's just getting like embroiled in this insane beef with like the dumbest rapper alive when
0: i tell you no no, i don't think anybody has ever hurt white
1: people's feelings as bad as no name because
0: i like i i i think i was already following her on twitter when she like got real heavy into like all the revolutionary reading Mm -hmm. and shit and she started tweeting about, like, she was like, look, if you want to be down with this movement, like, that's going to mean that white people are going to get all their wealth redistribu- <laughs> redistributed.
1: And all the white people are like,
0: wait, but we like your music. I don't understand why you're being so mean to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. She was, at one point, she was like, don't come to my concerts if you're white. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that's where it started. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was talking about when she was... Oh, she, was she wasn't She was going to get canceled for that, though. It. No. She might have... I, I think that she rebranded. She in that did. And,
1: that, and that's what I'm saying. She heard what people were saying and she was like okay like i was wrong on this one and she got better and she started this book club and she's doing amazing things and i would love to have a beer with her one day because she's cool but yeah j cole doesn't seem like i think he's a little bit too famous to where he's a little bit insulated from like He's just like, no, like what are you gonna say to me? And so that's why he was like so touchy about what she said. Hey, dude, look, Jake J. Cole, you were you were incredibly
0: lucky, dude. You got like you 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 you've you've achieved musical success that most people never will. Like you got songs that we all enjoy. You know, if, if nothing else, like just 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 donate your cash. You ain't even gotta do a whole bunch of talking. You
1: put Fayetteville, North Carolina on the map. I've been to Fayetteville, North Carolina many times. You put that place on the map. That is the like one of the worst cities in the world. Oh dang, is it? It's awful. So, respect to him. He just must be a charismatic guy. I don't know if you knew this happened or not. You do you keep up with Virgil Abdo? Ablo? yeah, yeah. He donated like fifty bucks or something. How much did he donate? Fifty bucks. It's fifty bucks. Yes,
0: and then. And dude, I don't understand why. Like, it's like, I don't know, people are like obsessed with outing themselves because he, like, he donated, he, first he of all, posted it. He posted it.
1: He's like, oh, check me out. It's like, are you, you nuts? You're rich as fuck, dude. His net worth is, he's easily a millionaire. Yo, I mean, yeah, many times over. no question. And because of how, um, for no, you can't even re- buy a pair of Off Whites for fifty bucks. Why? Why is he so popular? He puts like this like Helvetica ass font on sneakers and like zip ties. And I get it. I'm not as cultured as all these people, and maybe I don't get it. It's about the status thing. But he's making an enormous amount of money, mm. and for him to do, I mean, whatever. It's. <laughs>
0: I think his his proximity to Kanye is probably like honestly his bit like the what opened the doors to all this shit. Yeah, it was just absolutely. like I think like those like because he was was he with Louis Vuitton or was he with before before Off White? He was with like one of those big companies, we, whichever one it was. He was the creative director. I think kind of what happened was like he was like Kanye's like creative director, and then right. these companies were like, okay, well fuck, Kanye's like the cultural goat, so we got to do whatever Kanye how did, does. How did the
1: Off White get big? He 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 was. Let's look it up. Like, yeah, he. Yeah, yeah, that's his thing. I just I don't know. Like, one day I just started seeing like zip ties pop up on shoes, and I was like, what is this? I don't understand. And it says like shoe on the side of it or something. (laughs) He was at.
0: Yeah, he was. It was it was Louis Vuitton. So he was he was he was he was working with Kanye before he became the artistic director of Louis Vuitton. Because I think Kanye got mad at him for going to Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. because Kanye wanted to be the creative director of Louis Vuitton. But what I think ended up happening was. He was close to Kanye. All those fashion houses, you know, because like there's a very specific kind of white person that really do think that Kanye West is the greatest artistic mind of all time. And they're like, okay, well, if Kanye does it, it must be the next thing. So, you know, we got to be we got to be in with Kanye. I think that that proximity to Kanye allowed him to transition to Louis Vuitton and his cultural capital that he built up at Louis Vuitton allowed him to go and start his own thing with off white. And I think they just went on Instagram and had famous people wear off white. This is a dude that is just saying shit. Like, I could be wrong about everything that I just said. I just think that's what happened.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, but it's just like, first of all, nobody was like, "Oh fuck, why hasn't Virgil, Virgil Abloh said anything about uh, about?" Uh, yeah, about no about one George gives Floyd's a shit yet? what these people yeah. think. You know. Then he was like, "Hey, everybody, look at me. I'm 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 doing my part."
1: And then he posted the fifty dollar donation, and I'm like, "Bro, why it's did like, you come do that? on?" It's, I mean, people are under, people with platforms are under intense um, pressure to post about it. Mm-hmm. And in a way, they should be. And I think that it's important that for some people who are detached from the movement, but really may get engaged because they see Billie Eilish or something yeah. being very vocal about it, she has tons of fans who, yeah, may otherwise just be totally detached from whatever's going on. Um, no one gives a shit what Virgil Abloh thinks about this um, at all. Like, if he would have stayed silent, like, no one was coming after him. Uh, but, yeah, the $50 thing was God crazy, man. I really want, like, a button that, like, Ebro
0: in the Morning has where you say, Boo, and it says, congratulations, you played yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what I want. So wanna-
1: that, yeah, literally. Like, I don't know what was going through his mind when he was posting it. He was like, yeah, surely no one will investigate how much money I've made off of these hacky designs uh <laughs> let me just post I like, donated 50 bucks and you have like w- like bartenders who are out of work donating like 50 percent of their like net worth to, you know like yeah. that sort of thing like come on come on yeah
0: like come literally on. we would have judged you left less if you did nothing
1: yeah <laughs> I have I have friends who I know personally do not have a lot of money and they have donated hundreds of dollars and that is inspiring like would the, the, say Virgil donated $500 That is that would do a lot that would do more good than you know my $200 mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. reflects better on people it is more inspirational to see someone who doesn't have a lot of money donate a bigger chunk of how much money they have and so I think that just the ridiculousness of him donating $50 was so just like upsetting to so many people. And whatever it didn't, I didn't lose that much sleep over it. (laughs) It's just, it was just funny, honestly. We're about at the end here, man.
0: Um, is there anything we should be listening to that we should check out?
1: Um, listen to this. There's this indie band from Nashville, uh, called Love Montage oh, <laughs> um, new single available on all streaming platforms um, other than that man that's pretty much just, I wake up and throw it on and the rest of the day is filled with your voice So,
0: well Nick Sebs I appreciate your endorsement I even more appreciate your uh, your presence dude
1: thanks for having me honestly if, if we found out that this thing has not been recording and all of this was a waste I still would have had a great time talking into these mics with you same because i've always appreciated your perspective
0: yes all right until next week guys take it easy peace